You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Because many people confess that the best is yet to come. But when they say the best is yet to come in their hearts, they don't really believe it. Family, I'm here to assure you, Jesus wants to save you. Jesus wants to heal you. Jesus wants to deliver you. Jesus wants to give you a breakthrough. He wants to do every one of the things He has promised you in His Word. The mistake that we make as individuals is that we focus on our natural circumstances, our situations that starts pushing against us. The things that you are facing right now, what is your view of those things? What are you confessing about those things? The Bible gives us clear instruction that we should think upon things that are from above. In your situation that's pushing against you, pressing against you, says, think upon things that are from above. What is he saying? He's saying, get heaven's opinion. Think upon the things that is in heaven. That's why you can have peace in every situation, every circumstance that you find yourself in. Please turn with me in your Bibles to Colossians 3 verse 1. When you know God has planned good things for you, you can cheer up. So when you know that your thoughts can live to that high level which is in heaven. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It's Colossians 3 verse 1. Christ's resurrection from the dead is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. For that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Many people today confess they are a Christian, but they're walking in the reality of their situation. They are facing a situation. They say they're a Christian, but they're focusing on the situation more than what they are focusing on heaven. What do I mean? They're declaring their situation instead of confessing what heaven is saying about their situation. If you have heaven's opinion and you believe heaven's opinion, then that is what you should confess. Remember, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were fully convinced and persuaded in their hearts that God is their Savior, their Redeemer. They deliverer. They were fully convinced in their heart. Even when the king said to them, if you don't bow your knee, I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace. They said, king, we're not going to bow our knee. But we want you to know, whether our God delivers us or not, He is our deliverer. We are fully persuaded in our hearts that He's our deliverer. So whether He delivers us or not, we're going to hold to our confession that He is our deliverer. Even if you make the furnace three times hotter, we're not going to change our confession. We are holding on to our confession. Your situation that you are facing right now, on a scale from one to God, how big is the challenge that you are facing? On a scale from one to God, how big is the challenge that you are facing? Now that you have it in perspective, start by changing your confession. If you know heaven's opinion about that situation, your confession will change immediately. 
What is heaven saying about your situation? Do you know why your faith is being tested? Because God wants to build endurance into your character. Tests and trials are meant for your faith. Because in a time of testing, the maturity of a Christian is revealed. To know what is going on in your heart. There's a need for endurance. Romans 5 says we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. There's a need for you to persevere. The challenge that we have in the church today, we tell people get saved, start to serve Jesus, and all your problems will be solved. We say come and enroll in the army of God. Let's disciple you, let's train you. But then everybody fills in the application to go to the spa. I'm here at the Christian spa for a Christian massage. I want Christian therapy. I just want to hear music saying Jesus loves me. Everything is going to be okay. I want everybody just to be nice to me and friendly to me. That's not reality. We live in a perverse and crooked world. Where there's a need for you to let your light shine. Where people will curse you and God requires of you to bless them. Where people will despitefully use you and God requires of us to pray for them. Then it reveals your true heart. But today, Christians are taught, oh, you want to say that about me? You want a piece of me? Don't give them a piece of your soul. Give them a piece of your spirit, that part which is linked up with heaven. When you're in Christ, your trials and tribulations determines your spirituality. Philippians 2 verse 13, God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to accomplish the good things you desire to do. Live a cheerful life without complaining or division among yourselves. For then you will be seen as innocent, faultless, and pure children of God. Even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture. For you will appear among them as shining lights in the universe. Offering them the words of eternal life. When your faith is tested... There's a chance that your endurance will grow. But when your faith is never tested, your endurance cannot grow. And there's a need to endure until the end. It's not how we start, it's how we finish. Trials and tribulations shouldn't make you bitter, should make you better. should be able to say thank you Jesus in the good times and in the hard times. You should say Jesus is Lord in the tough times and the good times. Because thankfulness comes from a grateful heart. It's a response from a grateful heart for what God has done for you. But when you start focusing on your situations, you'll start to complain. Say, why me of all these troubles? Why me of all these challenges? Do you know why? Because Jesus himself didn't bring obedience from heaven with him. He was taught obedience here on earth through the things that he suffered and he went through. So if Jesus had to walk that road, guess what? You will have to walk that road as well. Turn with me to Deuteronomy 8 verse 2. Tests and trials are meant to lead you to spiritual maturity. 
So if, if you come and you say, Pastor, I have a big calling in my heart, all I hear is big challenges. Remember Joseph that said, I've got this big calling. Even my father and my brothers will bow down to me. All the big challenges in between, God just left them out. Because you had to deal with a young man's character. To be able to handle it one day. So don't boast about your big calling. All that you're actually saying is that I know big challenges are coming. But because we live in an instant generation, you think because you get a prophetic word today, tomorrow is just going to happen. There's a need for endurance. Somebody that wants to be a doctor that has to study seven years, he has to endure for seven years to finish. Amen. God's university, there's no such thing as double promotion. You'll have to write every test to pass them. Character tests. Tests of faithfulness. Will you let somebody that has read every book on surgery and they promise you that they've read it and they even had an angel appear to them that said, no, the angel told me I can do surgery. And this was a special angel. He had extra wings. And there was even fire that came from heaven. I can do surgery. Will you let that person do surgery on you? No. But yet in the kingdom of God, when somebody has not gone through the character testing and they tell you they've seen an angel, they've heard that, you believe them. And you want them to lay hands on you. Who has tested to know what angel is that that appeared to that person? The only thing that will reveal is your hearts. Your hearts will reveal, your heart reveals what's really going on on the inside. By tests. Deuteronomy 8 verse 2. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you. To know what was in your heart. Whether you would keep His commandments or not. The Passion Translation says, Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing to prove your character. And to find out whether or not you would obey His commandments. Challenges reveal the true condition of your heart. Tests and trials reveal to God and to you what's going on in your heart. Because the Word of God is like a sword. Two-edged sword. Cuts in between soul and spirit to reveal what do you believe in your heart. What are you thinking in your mind? Many people confess the right thing because they are taught you only say this. But they're confessing it, but they don't believe it in their hearts. The most important thing is what do you believe in your heart? Faith is the force that moves our works. If you read on further from Deuteronomy 8 verse 2, it says, God fed you manna in the wilderness to teach you that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What was he saying? It says, you've got natural situation and circumstances. These are not the things that will give you life. It meets a need in your life. But even if it's not there, 
True life comes from the Word of God. Put your trust not in the situation and the circumstances, the things that you see with your natural eyes, but let your trust be in the Word of God. The promise that God has given you, are you fully persuaded that God has given you that promise? Are you fully convinced in your heart that that's what God has said? Because if He's given you that promise and you're convinced and persuaded, don't change your confession. Don't let situation or circumstances change your confession. David faced Goliath, a giant, real situation, a real threat. But the giant said to him, today I am going to kill you. I am going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air. That's a real threat. That's the enemy saying, I'm going to destroy you. I'm bigger than you. I'm stronger than you. I'm going to destroy you. But his confession came from the realm of defeat and failure. Where David, although he was small, found himself in the realm of victory in Christ Jesus. And he said, no. I am the one who is going to kill you. Because you've not come against me. You've come against my God. And my God will back me. I'm the one that's going to kill you. And feed your flesh to the birds of the air. Remember, Saul was the one supposed to kill Goliath. He was the anointed one. He tried to put his armor on David. He said, use this. It has helped me in battle. But when he put it on, he said, I'm not familiar with this. It feels uncomfortable. I cannot have my victory like this. Sometimes as Christians, we want to say, I'm a Christian. But then we clothe ourselves with the weapons of the world. Intimidation, blackmail, threats. David said, I'm not used to this. Just give me my slingshot and I'll pick up five stones. God will help me to give me the victory. It's not about what I'm going to do, but what my God is going to do through me. I know He's my shield. I know He's my exceedingly great reward. Do you really believe that with all your heart? Do you know what is the problem? We confess things today, but it does not come from faith. If you say, my Jesus will help me, and you say it, but you don't believe it with your heart, and you use the name of Jesus and you don't believe it, it becomes an idle word. Because there's not faith backing what you are saying. You're just saying it because you hear other people say it. God will help me. Idle words. Idle words come from an idle heart. God himself said he took the Israelites into the desert to test them. To see what is in their hearts. For God to see what's in their hearts and for them to see what is in their hearts. You pray a prayer and you say, Lord, bless me. Bless me. When you say bless me, God sees what's going on in your heart. Bless me to do everything that I want to do or bless me so that I can do what God wants me to do. We're dealing here with the living God. And our words have become idle words. And idle words come from an idle heart. Make a decision to be fully convinced in your heart what the Bible says. Every person has a promise. You know, in times of trouble, 
Your confession, what you are saying, reveals your attitude towards the Word of God. Because you have a promise from the Word of God. And now you're going through a challenge. What you are confessing is revealing your attitude towards the Word of God. I mean it's revealing your attitude towards God Himself. What you really believe. What do you confess? Deuteronomy 13 verse 16. Gather the plunder in the middle of the town square and burn it all. And plunder together up in smoke. A holy sacrifice to God, your God. Leave it there, ashes and ruins. Don't build on that site again. And don't let any of the plunder devoted to holy destruction stick to your fingers. Get rid of it so that God may turn from anger to compassion. Generously making you prosper. Just as He promised. That God, has God given you a promise that you will prosper? Part of that is you obeying. Doing what God has told you to do. Just as He had promised your ancestors. Yes, obediently listen to God, your God. Keep all His commandments that I'm giving you today. Do the right thing in the eyes of God, your God. Your duty is to obey God. God's duty is to perform His promise. Your duty is to obey. God's duty is to perform His promise. You have your part to play. If you want to see the fulfillment of that promise, you have your part to play. Obedience is the only proof of our faith that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. God has given a promise to every person here, in your family, in your marriage, in your business. If you want to know His promises, not your own ideas, His promises, you have to know the Word of God. Remember, because the Bible says He sent His Word and healed them. In other words, He sent His Word. This Word is a seed. So if you need breakthrough or healing or deliverance, whatever you are seeking is in God's Word. It's got the ability to heal, to deliver. We hear it. Jesus wants to heal me. That means the Word is going into my mind. You receive, you are hearing the word right now, coming into your mind. Now you're starting to think, heal me? Does God want to heal me? Do I really believe that God wants to heal me? Maybe God just wants to heal this brother next to me. Does God know what I've done? Do you reason like that? For the word of God to heal you, it needs to enter into your soul, your mind, and into your heart. You have to give the Word of God the rightful place into your heart. In the book of James 1, it says, Receive the Word of God with meekness into your heart, which is able to save your soul. He's writing this to Christians, not to unbelievers. He's speaking to Christians and he's saying, For things to change in your life, the verse just before that, he says, lay aside all filthiness, all wickedness, things that are not associated with God. He says, get those things out of your life. And then this word that God wants to bless you, God wants to heal you, God wants to deliver you, God wants to give you the breakthrough, God wants to strengthen you. He says, this word, allow it to come into your heart. Because once this word has the rightful place in your heart and it's established here, it's very easy. 
to confess it and to believe it. But when the word of God, Jesus, does not have the rightful place in your heart, what's in your heart is what you will speak and confess when you're under pressure. When everything is nice and fine, you can say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you're good. But when the pressure comes, pressure comes, if this word is in your heart and you know it, you'll still say, Jesus, I love you. Lord, you are good. Then even when you're going through a tough time, your confession will be, the Lord is good. When somebody says, how are you going? Say, so you really want to know. Have you got a whole day that you can, can you put leave in for one day that I can just tell you how it's going in my life? <laughs> Family, listen to me. When you discuss your problem the whole time, you're making the problem bigger than your God. Start to discuss what God wants to do. Start to declare what God wants to do. Some people have more faith in their problems than what they have in God. Allow that seed to be planted. Turn to your neighbor and say, allow that seed to be planted. Think for one minute, Peter. Jesus comes to his disciples. He says to them, tell me, who do you say I am? Who am I? Say, no, you're the prophet, you're this. Peter comes and he says, you are the Messiah, you are the anointed one. Why could he say that? Because all of them were thinking with their minds. He must be a prophet. He must be Elijah. He must be this. But Peter was listening to his heart. He was listening to his heart and he says, you're the Messiah. In that same chapter, when Jesus says, I have to go and die because I'm the Messiah, Peter is not listening to his heart. He says, no, Jesus, wait, just stop quickly. Let me just take you aside. Remember, I'm the one who had the revelation that you're the Messiah, you're definitely not going to die. I'm still walking in Revelation. What did Jesus say to him? Get behind me, Satan. You're interfering with my heavenly purpose. You don't have heaven's opinion now. The one minute you had it, and now you don't have it. Because you were looking at your own situation, you're going to be lonely, I'm not going to be with you. But you don't understand, if I don't go, the Holy Spirit cannot come to be with all of you. The Word of God confirms the promise and tells you what God wants to do. But it's the Holy Spirit that executes it. It's the Holy Spirit that will do it. That's why my Father in the Lord says that you cannot separate the Word and the Holy Spirit from each other when you're talking about the promises of God. Because the Word of God reveals it to you, but the Holy Spirit will execute it in your life. That's why it's always good to pray, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon me. Enter my soul, change my heart, mince my heart to do your will now and forever. Because you need the Holy Spirit just as much as you need the Word of God. So now when you pray, get God's opinion, get heaven's opinion about your situation. That which promise that you are holding on. That which you want, that you are living for, that you say God should do. Ask yourself this question. Will heaven be as happy about that promise as you are about that promise? That which you are claiming and saying, I want this. Heaven must just be as happy as what you will be. And you must just be as happy as heaven would be about the fulfillment of that promise in your life. Otherwise, what you are holding on to does not come from heaven. It's just your own desire. You're not busy seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness, but you're seeking all the things that will be added on. 
for a long time, people have just been coming to church for what God can do for them. And not for God. Many want Jesus to do things for them, but they don't want to be Jesus' friend. Jesus came to restore relationship because He wants to be your friend. It's God's Word in our hearts that gives us authority in heaven. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 8. It's the Word planted in our hearts. This Word cannot be planted until you know it. That's why in your situation, go find this Scripture that relates to what you are going through right now. Get God's opinion and start to declare it. Not what people have said about you. And then when we confronted the demon with the word of God and we says, who can say something if God has not said it? So even things that people have spoken over you, you need to get God's opinion because some of you are believing more what your teachers said about you, what your parents said about you, what an uncle said about you, what even a pastor said about you. But you need to get God's opinion about it. That which you are going through or went through is just some growing pains. To test your character. To reveal your own heart, what you believe. It's very quiet here this morning. You know what it is to pray? To pray is to lay hold or get hold of God and His promises. That's what it is to pray. Is to get hold of God's promises. If I want to pray for Mr. Tamana, say he's upset me. He's made me very angry. If I now go with this anger in my heart, God, did you see what Mr. Tamana did again? How many times do I have to preach before this man listens? Maybe, God, it's time just for fire to come upon him and just teach him according to fire. There's all my own desires because I'm angry with him. All I'm actually confessing in that prayer to God is my own weakness. That I don't have character to be led by the Holy Spirit, but I'm praying my own desire. But if I come and I'm holding on to God's promises and I say, God, this Mr. Tamana, yes, what is heaven's opinion? Oh, I know the thoughts that I have towards him. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Can you declare that over him? Yes, Lord, I will do that. Now I'm holding on to the word of God when I'm praying for him. Many people's prayer sessions that they have, it's not prayer sessions filled with faith. It's more gossip sessions than anything else. And we think we're spiritual. Get God's opinion over your children and declare only God's word. Amen? Amen? If you don't know what to pray or if you're angry with somebody, take the Bible and pray the word of God because this is the will of God for people. Amen? Jesus came to this earth to bring solutions. What He has promised, He will do. Start confessing it. Don't come in agreement with the person's rebellion. Don't come in agreement with the challenge that they are going through. We're not denying a situation. Certain religions deny the situation. If your ankle is broken, don't say, my ankle is not broken. My ankle is not broken. Everybody can see while you're walking, your ankle is broken. Who are you deceiving? Like some people when you walk in a... Are you angry? No, no, no. Everybody can see you're angry, man. You're lying. If your ankle is broken, don't say my ankle is not broken. My ankle is not broken. That's not faith. Christianity says the ankle is broken, 
But by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. And you hold on to that confession and you keep on declaring it because you are fully convinced in your heart that He is your healer. So even if you don't have any money in your pocket, you can still declare that He is my provider. Even if you have a pain in your body, you can still say, He is my healer. Even if your son or your daughter is not serving God, you can say, He is my deliverer, He is my redeemer, He is my savior. For me and my family, that is the promise. So praying is taking hold of God's word of His promises. You know what we do? When we say, Oh Lord, Johnny is such a drunkard. You are pulling God to your level of thinking. We are to be here and let God, our mind, go to God's way of thinking. That's why your prayers sometimes frustrate you. Because you're pulling God down to your way of thinking. Instead of taking your mind to God's way of thinking. That's why he says, think of things from above. Change your confession. Ask yourself, what is the thing that causes you to doubt? The situation that embarrasses you. The thing is, Jesus is not embarrassed about your situation or your problem. Whatever you are going through, He's not embarrassed about it because He has died for that very thing. He has brought the solution for that situation. So He's not embarrassed about it. If you say like, oh, I want to come ask for 10 rand. I'm so embarrassed. Why? He has then brought full provision in Jesus Christ. A matter of fact, when people are seeking deliverance and healing and breakthrough, they think it's the means of an end. If I can just get that, my problems will be solved. It's not the end. It's a means to an end. They think if they can just be healed, it will be the end. If I can just get this contract, it will be the end. It's not the end. It's the means to the end. The end is a lasting relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That is what God is interested in. Amen? Amen? Not your current comfort, but your eternal glory. Your focus is on the wrong place. Even Jesus had to keep his focus on the eternal glory and not the pain on the cross. If he had focused on the pain on the cross, what would have happened? Oh, imagine if he had not his focus on heaven. If he had lost focus. If they in that last minute, he said, oh, I've had it with these people. I didn't do anything wrong and look what they're doing. This is enough. I've had it now. I'm drawing the line in the ground. They've upset me now. Just imagine if Jesus had that attitude. What we often have. He said, no, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. I'm looking towards the eternal glory and not the pain I'm going through right now. Because I know if I go through this, salvation will come to all of mankind. The Bible says he's the high priest of our confession because he walked in the light of his testimony that he was a savior. Even in pain, he remained our savior. Amen? Matthew 8, verse 8, are you there? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. This Roman servant had some challenges, even coming to Jesus. Number one, he was a centurion, so he was not part of the commonwealth of Israel. 
And Jesus said, I first come for the lost house of Israel. Number two, his son or the servant was far away. But he came in faith because he was under authority. God was moved. He said, this man understands faith so well. God himself, Jesus, was a man under authority. That's why he had authority. There's a need for you to be submitted and committed in a church under authority. To be faithful because when you are faithful, you'll see your faith will increase. He says, I'm under authority. I'm faithful. I know how these things work. Just speak one word. Because I know when I speak a word, I'm under authority. People are under me. When I speak a word, things happen. Master Jesus, just speak one word and I know it will be done. Even though I'm not an Israelite but a centurion, if you speak it, I'll obey. I know it will be. Why? Because what he confessed with his mouth, he believed in his heart. Why are many people confessing to be Christians but they're not behaving like Christians? Because what they confess with their mouths, they don't believe with their hearts. They don't believe that God has made them righteous. They don't believe that God has dealt with all their sin in their lives. Remember, salvation works on the following principle. I confess with my mouth and I believe with my heart. This means whenever you confess, it needs your heart's full agreement. If what you are confessing does not have your heart's full agreement, nothing will change. So even the centurion came, say, Lord, help me. Heal my servant. Even when we're confessing the word of God and we have faith, God can still choose how he wants to do it. We don't have to give God instruction on how he should do it. Our part is to believe and to obey. And God will execute his goodness and his faithfulness in our lives. Amen? Amen. Make a decision to order your words aright. When you align your words with God's word, your words actually become one with God's word. Then there's power. Then there's change that starts to happen in people's lives. Amen? Turn with me in your Bibles to John 15 verse 7 and I'm closing. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. Your duty is to hear and obey God's word. God's duty is to fulfill His promises in your life. If you really believe that, from today, change your confession. When you pray, say, I refuse failure. I refuse defeat. I refuse sickness. I refuse setback. Just because you are praying, it doesn't mean those things won't try and push against you. But you say, I refuse it. I'm now linked up with God. Defeat and failure are things of the past. God's word abides in me and I abide in God's word. God is my source. And when God is your source, you cannot fail. The enemy might push you down for a while, but God will help you and lift you up again. But change your confession. Your enemies that have been coming against you, now that your character has been tested and you've aligned your heart with God's word, when the enemy comes against you, it's not personal. Don't pray for God to kill your enemies. You should pray that God should keep them alive. Because God has given a promise and He has said, 
I will prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. Why? So that God's name can be glorified and people can see God's goodness in your life. But if you pray for God to kill all of them, how will God's name be glorified? It's time to get God's opinion about your situation. And when you have God's opinion, don't change your confession. Hold on to it. Make sure that what you are confessing, you believe with all your heart. Because if you don't believe it with all your heart, it's just idle words. It's vain words. That comes from an idle and vain heart. Jesus, even in the wilderness. Remember Deuteronomy 8, when he said that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When the devil came against him and tempted him in the wilderness, what did he do? He spoke directly to the enemy, the devil. People around you are not your enemy. Speak to the source of the problem and declare the word of God directly. When the devil tempted him, he used the word of God. When you declare the word of God in your situation, in that word, there's light, there's life. There's the ability to expel all shades of darkness. We cannot play around when it comes to that. But purpose in your heart what you believe before you start confessing. Because if you believe it with your heart and you confess it, that's faith. That is divine faith. That's the thing that pleases God. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Selah. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.